Welcome, friends old and new, to Marketing Mavericks, a consumed media vlogcast. I'm your host, Leo Falkenstein. In this vlogcast, we're here to dive into the world of marketing, technology, and career and personal development, with our goal of helping you navigate the ever-changing landscapes that the marketing world has to offer. Whether you're a seasoned marketer or just starting your journey, we're here to inspire, educate, and empower you to become a true marketing maverick. Let's have some fun. Good morning, Andrea. How are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. Um, been a good week so far. You know, at least at the time of this recording, the Braves are in the playoffs, and I was able to attend the game last night. So I'm coming off a little bit of a high. How about you? I'm well. I'm just here at home. I didn't catch the Braves game last night. Caught the highlights, but <laughs> um, yeah, sunny day. Can't really can't really complain. Perfect. Well. Just a quick introduction, Andrea. We've known each other for, for several years now. Um, I know you were at Full Story when we were doing some work with Full Story. Then you moved over to SAS Optics, which became Maxio. And since then, we've had a, the pleasure of working on several different video projects together. Um, so that's always been great. And, and thank you so much. You're always being a great client, great to work with. And uh, yeah, excited to have you on the show here this morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. Cool. So always like to start with kind of like a, a question and kind of set everything up. Just tell me a little bit about you, how you landed in, you know, a, a marketing space in the SaaS technology world. Yeah, um, it's a little bit of an unconventional story, although I'm starting to think everyone who landed in marketing kind of found a strange path there. But <laughs> um, yeah, I, like you, went to the University of Georgia. I majored nice. in journalism. Um, and English. And for a long time, I thought I wanted to like go to New York and write and do the thing. I went up there for an internship one year in college and the city just like chewed me up and spit me right back out. And I realized like, okay, I don't want to live in New York and be poor and I need healthcare and I need a living wage. So really like when it came to like spring of my senior year at Georgia, I was just looking at like anything that had a decent salary mm -hmm. and like looked like an okay place to work. So I ended up by total like happy accident, um, getting in touch with a recruiter at full story. Her name's Allie Coops, which I'm still in touch with her. She's awesome. Um, and she was like, Hey, like we need SDRs. I was like, what's an SDR. She's like, you'll find <laughs> out. So, um, ended up joining full story in a sales development role, did that for a couple of years. Um, always kind of knew that like I would probably do well in sales, but like it just wasn't really like where my heart was at. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to get back to like writing as my primary job responsibility. So um, I put out feelers. I was like, hey, anyone in Atlanta looking for a content writer? Like I have a journalism background, understand the SaaS space. Let me jump in. Did that. Um, ended up coming in at SaaS Optics. Uh, where like they had a really, really lean marketing team and um, also just like a leadership leadership team in place there at the time that was super open to like grow your own people and let people try things and we'll see how it works out. So I ended up taking on like a ton more job responsibilities that year and the following year, including, you know, working on video projects with you guys and just all kinds of other stuff. And um, then left for a little bit and did content in another company came back um in 20 early 2022 um in kind of like a hybrid like 
we called it market strategy, but it was really just like, hey, all the stuff, all the cool stuff that we want to do, but don't have time for, like we're going to stick Andrea on it. Love it. So um, I did that for a year. And then we had some like departures in our org. Um, and Dave Cart, who's our head of marketing, was just like, hey, do you want to lead product and customer marketing? And I was like, sure. So, <laughs> so now, um, yeah, director level title, got some direct reports, doing some, you know, more responsibilities, but really just doing what I've always done, which is pinch hit wherever somebody needs me to and um, be personable and be communicative. And that's, that's really it. Yep. Bringing the baseball theme back in. <laughs> I, I like it. Um, I want to, I want to go back to one of the things you said at the very beginning there is that you started in the sales role, you moved into the marketing role. And then, you know, I think that's really interesting because I mean, I read a lot of content and uh, on LinkedIn and other different platforms. And that's what a lot of people are saying. They're like, Hey, like if you have experience and you know how hard this SDR, the BDR role is, that might make your life easier as a marketer because you understand what these people need and how hard their jobs are. And they're the ones, you know, that who are, you know, on the battlefield, essentially driving, driving revenue. So I kind of want to ask you about that. Have, have you seen that experience that your role in the SDR, your experience as an SDR has helped you as a marketer? Absolutely. I, I, I stand by this. There's no job in a SaaS company that's harder than being an SDR. <laughs> And uh, I don't care if you're the CEO or whatever, like being an SDR is harder and it's a really thankless job. Um, and I do think like, you know, maybe even more than like, hey, this is like how bad it could be and like being thankful. Um, hang on one second. Let me start that over because I think I have my Slack on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm good. Pause for an hour. Okay. Where was I? Oh, so yeah. I mean, I think more than even more than like having done the hard work of being an SDR is like once you're on the other side of it in marketing, salespeople tend to respect you more if you've done the job that they're doing. So, um, you know, there's that age old like kind of sales and marketing feud. Um, you know, I get that gives me the ick like i i you know i hate to feel like people are like pitted against each other in a company and um but yeah i mean it's true like it, it's just true that the you know sdr job is probably the hardest and having done that for at least a couple of years like just gains you respect amongst your sales team that you it's really hard to build if you don't if you don't have that firsthand experience yeah that makes sense and then i mean i i, I guess have when you know in the role at maxio now like do you think your team understands that you have had that role before oh yeah no we talk about yeah <laughs> um our um vp of sales will ibsen and our um director of business development tyler gurka um they both they both know are very well aware and i'll like float over to like where the sdr sit sometimes and be like listening and trying to like coach and tyler's like please andrea stop like let me do my job and i'm like oh Okay, but I I just I don't know. I just really feel for the plight of BDRs and I mean the full cycle salespeople as well, of course, but like uh I feel less bad for them because they're bringing home some sizable. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so I don't know. Um they they yeah, but they're very aware. And I try to lead with that like anytime I introduce myself to a new sales team member at Maxio is like, "Hey, like 
you know, I, I have direct sales experience. Like I've been in seat, I get it. It's been a few years. So I'm sure a couple things have changed, but like, you know, I, I'm here to like help you and, you know, enable you. And that's the goal here. That is the goal, right? So how do you do that? What are like, what's your day to day? Like, what is the type of content or any type of marketing sort of operations that you're running right now? Yeah. So I really think of like product marketing as being the like, uh, industry brain behind the marketing, like marketing arm of the business. So like, to me, product marketing is like, why are we here? Content marketing is like, what do we need to say to people? And then like all the different channels that you can activate that in, whether that's paid digital, that's your SDRs on the phone, that's your website, that's your explainer videos, whatever it is, is like the, okay, how do we need to say that in order to like connect with the buyer? So I spend a ton of time listening to gong calls. I try to spend a lot of time doing like actual customer interviews. Um, and then, um, just doing like a ton of market research on who are the players in the space? Like what is going on with the people that we're trying to, you know, better serve in the, in the B2B community. Mm -hmm. I spend a ton of time in winter, which is a great tool for doing like quick and dirty market research. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, I'm pretty active on social, like, so, and then also like just a, a network of like influencers and folks who've like been in seat in finance roles or been, you know, early stage startup CEOs, founders who've had to like stand up the, you know, foundation of the the financial foundation of their business um, to like really kind of get that firsthand experience. And and I think that comes from being an SDR, right? Of like being willing to like talk to people and listen. It also comes from journalism schools. Like I think the one skill I learned in journalism school was like how to interview people. Mm -hmm and how to talk to people, how not to be afraid to like talk to people. Mm -hmm. Um, so then, so I spent a lot of time in kind of like info gathering mode. Um, and then I spent a lot of time like translating that into, or helping, I guess, helping our team translate that into different assets that we Mm -hmm. use along various stages of the buyer journey. Right. So whether that's the website copy that we're writing, the SDR cadences, you know, our first call pitch deck, like whatever it is, I will kind of help make sure that the story we're telling and the value props we're presenting and the challenges that we're understanding align with what the reality is for, for our buyers. I love it. And I mean, we keep going back to you being an SDR, but like I'm hearing all these things, right? You know, you're helping write the content for the SDRs. You're listening to gong calls that I have to assume are with SDRs or other, you know, people in sales. So you've really got yourself entwined, intertwined in the, in the sales role as a marketer. And I think that's really interesting and really honestly, not something that I hear all the time on these interviews. Yeah. I mean, so marketing is weird, right? There's like a lot of different kinds of marketers. Um, There's like people who are really good at a specific skill. So like when I think about like demand gen people, I mean, not always, but oftentimes they're like really deep in paid and like they like understand the ad world, they understand like cost optimization. They understand that. Mm-hmm. And then there's people who are like really big on brand, like J do huge on brand has a great visual. eye, like just gets it. Yeah. And then there are people who are just like, like little 
journalists, basically, like little information sponges that like run around and like, okay, here, like, and that's product marketing to me is like, you kind of are more embedded with like the buyer than you are with like any specific skill set within marketing. Um, so I don't know. I mean, and that's not to say that there aren't like demand gen people who are like deeply embedded with their buyers and like understand that, but it's just, uh, it's a little different in terms of like the skills that people usually bring to the table. No, it makes so much sense. And I think that's so interesting because, you know, like, for example, take the example, like if you were in marketing at full story and then you move to marketing over at Maxio, you're learning two totally different kinds of buyers, two totally different kinds of buyers mm -hmm. versus if you're in demand gen or, you know, advertising and you go from full story to Maxio. Mm -hmm. Yes, there is going to be differences. There's always going to be differences. There's going to be difference in the operation of the organization, who you're targeting, but ultimately you still kind of have those same metrics that you're going after and you're probably running a lot of those same sort of campaigns and, and, and everything like that. So yeah, I think absolutely. It's, it's, it's interesting, right? Yeah, which is why I too, like, I think product marketers are probably more likely to like kind of get into a specific sub vertical where like, if you're a product marketer and you've always worked for solutions that market to other marketing people, mm -hmm. you're probably going to stay there because like you understand marketing people, you are a marketer. Or mm -hmm. if you're like a sales tech product marketer, like, so I think some people you just like kind of carve out a space. Like to me, I mean, knock on wood, I don't want to be like closed off to any future possibilities, but I probably will stay in like the finance tech space mm -hmm. just because like, that's, that's the value I bring to an organization is like, I deeply understand the finance buyer yep. and you know, there's a lot of different things finance buyers need to be successful. So whether it's Maxio or another place that, you know, is empowering finance leaders to, you know, be awesome, then that's the skill set that I bring from company to company, not necessarily like experience with any like specific medium or channel. Yeah, totally makes sense. Um, but on that note, I always like to ask, like, what are some of the, you know, whether it is mediums or channels or just types of content, what are the two things you're doing? Or, or what are the some of the things you're doing, they would say are sort of sort of innovative or interesting or kind of pushing the boundaries in the marketing in the marketing world? Yeah, so I'll give like two examples, like one current and one kind of previous. So currently we are creating a lot of interactive product tours. So we use Toriel. We looked at a few other vendors, I think. Um, but, you know, interactive product tours, I think, are a great way to like get in front of buyers and educate buyers on the front end without forcing them to talk to your sales team. So, you know, I don't think it's really a secret, but like, you know, there's just stats out there that are like 90% of buyer research is done before they have any interaction with your sales team. I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, and I think a lot of times like gating content or like gating access to information is like really shooting yourself in the foot. Um, I think I know why people do it. They don't want their competitors to get their hands on their materials. But like, to me, it's like the cost of like in market buyers, just not being able to understand what you're doing and then be like, all right, I'm just going to move on mm -hmm. way greater than like, you know, um, the benefit of like, oh, I'm going to keep, you know, keep our competitive Intel stuff close to the chest. So, um, love interactive product tours. We're just starting to like build and deploy these in like various channels, website, email. Um, we actually had them embedded in our product, um, for like expansion opportunities as well. Um, cool. 
but yeah, I think those are cool. I I'm like TBD on how well they work. I mean, I, I have, you know, I think they will work pretty well, but we're still kind of in the early days of deploying those and testing those as like an alternate CTA to like get a demo or mm-hmm. do whatever, talk to sales. And then the other thing um, is like, Pro, like product explainer videos. So obviously this is something that we've partnered with consume in the past to do. We just did one. I mean, I say just did is like a while ago now, <laughs> maybe like a year ago with uh, Maxio product explainer, mm-hmm. um, animated explainer, I think was really cool because we have, you know, a really tall task in creating a new brand with Maxio. Mm-hmm. And so we had to like explain to the market, Hey, we have these two brands, Chargeify and SaaS Optics. Here's what this one does well. Here's what the other one does well. Here's why and how we're coming together as Maxio. And like, we need to explain this to people in two minutes or less. Mm-hmm. And to me, an animated product explainer is like, there's no better way to like quickly and effectively communicate complex ideas. So loved that. Um, that was great. Our sellers got a lot of use out of that. We also used that. Um, just in general, like brand awareness, like I think we had them on the, um, before we switched the redirects from SaaS Optics and um, Chargeify, we had that video that was like, hey, we're about to redirect you to Maxio.com. Here's why. Um, and then, but uh, uh, we did one at SaaS Optics a couple of years ago that was not an animated, it was like a narrative product explainer video. And that was like probably one of the most fun projects that I've worked on in my career to date. And it's the one that like people still talk to me about. Like they're like, oh my God, yeah, the SaaS Optics product or um, you know, product explainer that was like a little commercial, like a little B2B commercial. Um, and we likened it to like it was like uh Jake Jake from State Farm, but for B2B SaaS. And we like, you know, we hired actors and they had there was a set and there were, you know, they had wardrobe and makeup and lines and like it was a very different from what I've seen most B2B companies do, but it was like so fun and so different. And it's really kind of stuck in the minds of, of the SaaS optics audience in particular for years. So like to me, completely invaluable brand investment, obviously that wasn't like a cheap project to pull off, but like, it's it's one of those things that one was just a blast to do, and then two, it's just la- like left a really really lasting impression. And anyone who's seen it, yeah, I I love both of those videos that you're talking about. First of all, the animated explainer, the animated explainer video. I think all the things we've talked about in this conversation kind of gelled together into that video, where like you know, obviously our team did um, you know a lot of the scripting design and. And, and animation, everything like that. But you had all different brains from Maxio come in as well. Like you really leading the writing and the customer research and knowing what's going to resonate and giving us feedback there. And then Jadu and Seb really coming from the brand and design perspective, helping obviously create those initial brand guidelines, but also kind of us all working together. Um, so I thought that animated explainer came out nice. It's still one of my favorites because, because really of your brand. The brand that you guys created, which is so abstract, it's got the Fibonacci sequence going on. Um, we were able to do a lot of fun animation with that. And then the live action video, the live action explainer with the actors. It's funny because, you know, I've made a lot of videos in my career. 
and then but like there was a time where you know call it like six months to a year after we launched that video and my friends would be like hey leo what videos have you guys created recently and i'd be like check out this one (laughs) because i loved it so much it just did such a good job of explaining what sas optics does yeah in such a fun and relatable way there was humor um there was a story there was the the boss who's angry at the beginning and loves her team at the end. It just had everything. So I love yeah. how that video came out. Yeah. No, big fan of both. I'm partial to the narrative one just because I thought that was so different. But the the animated explainer, it it is it is really cool. And yeah, I think also kind of giving you guys at that point in our journey the the keys to the kingdom with the brand guidelines and being like, hey, like push this a little further and like see what you can do with it ended up being really really cool in terms of like what came out of that and i remember like talk- connecting with seb afterwards and being like we got to use some of this stuff like you know <laughs> i like these transitions i like this color i like this movement um so yeah so it's i think it's also good to like sort of give other people creative license to play with within the confines of your brand guidelines and kind of see what can happen absolutely totally love it Awesome. Andrea, we are getting close to time. So I just want to ask a couple more questions and wrap this up. Um, First question, just I always like to ask is like my my parting ways question. But is there any advice that you would give to somebody who, you know, might be going after a similar career path to you? Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe this is just like deep seated, like imposter syndrome, but I just like I can't. I feel weird dispensing with like any advice <laughs> to anyone, <laughs> but um, no, I mean, I think, you know, um, the, the biggest thing I'd say is like, I remember sitting in college and, you know, when I kind of realized like, Hey, I'm not going to do this journalism thing. I remember having a conversation with a professor there who did like entrepreneurial journalism or something. And I was like, you know, I firmly believe that like my dream job, doesn't even exist yet. And I mean, there were probably product marketers at that time, but not many. And so I was kind of right, you know, like I ended up being absolutely right. And so I think, you know, be open to things coming to you and trying different things and like kind of deviating from the like super prescribed career path because good things happen when you lean in and just like say yes to things and, and, just play around and see what what clicks. So that'd be, that's my only advice. (laughs) I love it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And last thing, just if people want to get in touch with you, if they want to learn more about Maxio, where would you direct them? Yep. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Andrea Wonderlick on LinkedIn. You can check out Maxio on LinkedIn as well. It's just at Maxio and then um, Maxio.com to learn more about um, how we are helping financial operations go further go faster i love it andrea this has been a pleasure thanks so much for being on the show and this has been great thank you again it's awesome thanks leo thank you for joining us on this episode of our vlogcast if you enjoyed today's episode be sure to follow us on social media to stay updated on all future episodes as well as a wide variety of other video marketing content You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on LinkedIn by searching for Consume Media. 
Thank you again for tuning in, and we look forward to bringing you more engaging discussions in the future. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to share this vlogcast with your family, friends, and colleagues. And with that, I'm out.